The way we consume and share news today, it is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why we decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online. Like students cracking into teachers' laptops to steal exam papers and BTS at the VMAs. Would BTS be BTS uh, without social media? I don't think so. For our social media minute, we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Mm Good morning, Lena. How are you feeling? I'm afraid to ask. I'm good. I'm, right. I'm, I'm well. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit more like myself, and it, it's good. All is well. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, let's jump into some of these uh, social media minute buzzwords, uh, starting with a kind of a daunting one. Two high school students were apparently caught hacking into teachers' laptops to steal exam papers, really, in this day and age. Yeah, exactly, in this day and age. Um, and the two high school students are being investigated right now after they were caught stealing uh, the exam papers from their teacher's laptops. So these two unnamed uh, second-year students at Taedong High School in Gwangju, it's the Gwangju in Cheolanamdu province, are accused of breaking into the faculty office in the middle of the night. And then they hacked into the laptop computers and stole the midterm and final exam papers as well as the answers, of course. Uh, the students, when they were caught, reportedly told the police and school officials that uh, they did what they did to improve their grades by any means possible to get into universities of their choice. Now, separately from the police probe, the two students are likely to face a disciplinary punishment, most likely expulsion from the school. As for their reasonings and logic as to why they decide to steal it, the pressure getting to them, I, of course, I don't think anything justifies stealing exam papers. But a part of me who wants to level with these students says, my goodness, is, is the pressure getting to them in the worst way possible? Now, no. it, it does sound like the crime was pretty meticulously planned. You're talking about a school during off hours. I'm sure there's security there. There's cameras, which is why I brought up the point of in this day and age, how is this even possible? Um, But it couldn't be an easy process. What do we know so far? Well, according to the investigators, uh, the two students first drew up the plans to steal the exam papers and answers uh, earlier this year in January. Um, One of the two students used his uh, coding skills and hacking methods they picked up on the Internet to program their own malware capable of stealing internal information from laptops. So this malware was programmed to periodically capture and save screens when installed onto laptops. I mean, just information they found online, essentially. That's right. And not necessarily incredibly complicated coding skills from what I can gather. And it's meticulous, really, because they've been working this plan since early this year. That's almost five to six months in the planning until they got caught. Okay, I do have to ask you, because even with the malware, even with excellent coding, I do wonder if the school didn't have just basic security systems within the laptops, within the faculty room. How are the students able to break into the faculty room? You know, during the investigations, the students apparently reportedly said uh, they were 
shocked themselves at how easy it was to break into the faculty office. There are CCTVs installed on campus, but apparently they did not cover the faculty office and the alarm system installed by a private company, a security company, did not detect the intruders for some reason. Uh, the windows of the faculty office were not locked properly and the school guards were there as well, but they failed to you know, find the two students who sneaked into the school. Uh, on multiple occasions at that in the middle of the night prior to the midterm and final exams. Again, that's a lot of security measures failing to do its job. A private security company, why wasn't those alarms working? And I mean, security guards, I mean, I suppose they're prone to human mistakes, but this is not just one break-in. It's several different trips to get access to midterm and final exams. Now, I also assumed that the teacher's laptops would have a password, but you told me about these students learning coding and hacking. I feel like this would be the least of their concerns. Yeah, so the teacher's laptops did have a password, but uh, one of the students simply uh, cracked the passwords using a hack they found through an internet search. Again, this is how easy it was for them, Mm -hmm. to their surprise. Mm -hmm. Now, after the teachers completed the exam questions and uh, had the answers ready, the students again broke into the office to move the captured files uh, to their USB devices and uh, then they completely deleted the malware from the laptops. They could have gotten away with it. So I do wonder how were they caught eventually? Uh, Their crimes came to light totally by accident. So one of the two students who could not memorize all of the answers scribbled down the answers on a slip of paper and then tore the paper into pieces after the exam was over and then threw it in the trash. Now, a suspicious classmate who just happened to be walking by when that happened you know, reported what they saw to teachers, and that's how they were caught. If you think about how high-tech their approach was and then put it next to how they were caught, it's... I mean, I'm, I know. I'm glad they did. I mean, just for the, the, the fairness of the exam itself. But my goodness, uh, what happened to the honor code? I mean, I I don't know. Is that dead? All right. Well, I'm glad they got caught. There's investigations happening. And as you've said, you, um, there is a possibility, a pretty large possibility of these two students getting expelled uh, uh, from yeah. their current school. All right, let's move on to the BTS nominations because they also rock the VMAs. Um, each year, it seems that a VMA would not be complete without a BTS nomination and a performance. And this year, they have four nominations to their names. That's right. So MTV announced the list of nominations for this year's ceremony and uh, BTS snagged nominations in four categories, which makes them the group with the most nominations Mm. at this year's uh, VMAs. Now, BTS is again nominated for Best K-Pop for their song Yet to Come. Uh, The song is the lead track from the band's first anthology album, Proof, that dropped this year. And, you know, they dethroned Justin Bieber forevermore for the best social media award is it i can't remember the exact title but i mean they're nominated for that again bts also won the best k-pop award for the past three consecutive years they've also been nominated in this category again That's right. So MTV introduced the best K-pop category back in 2019, and uh, no act has been able to defeat uh, BTS. (laughs) 
Uh, and this year, uh, their song Yet to Come will compete with four other K-pop acts for the best K-pop category, including Itzy, Lisa from Blackpink, Seventeen, and Twice. Now, the group is also nominated for best choreography with Permission to Dance, uh, best metaverse performance for. <laughs> Minecraft performance and also best visual effects. Uh, they were jointly nominated with Coldplay for their hit collaboration song, My Universe. Now their third English language single, Permission to Dance, has six other songs it's competing against for best choreography, including Doja Cat's Woman, oh. Harry Styles' As It Was, and FKA Twigs featuring The Weeknd's Tears in the Club. Wow. And for the best visual effects category, My Universe is competing against five other songs, including Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. You certainly have a hefty amount of competition. Yes. I'm still chuckling at best metaverse performance. <laughs> that's new this year, right? Yeah, and that's the world we're living in right now. You know, Blackpink is one of the K-pop acts competing against BTS for best metaverse performance. Mm. Um, Lisa, one of the members, is competing separately, by the way, with Lalisa for best uh, K-pop. Now, um, Boy Band 17 has also been nominated for three awards this year, including for Best New Artist, Push Performance of the Year for Rock With You, and uh, Best K-Pop for Hot. Now, fans can vote online until the awards ceremony at uh, www.mtv.com. Uh, the actual awards ceremony is going to be held on August 28th. Uh, it's just around the corner, just a month away. So fans, you still have time to get your votes in. I think this is where K-pop bands absolutely excel fan favor. <laughs> Just trying to gauge what best metaverse performance is, but hey, baby steps to the next new <laughs> frontier. It's yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't understand this world yet, but hey, <laughs> someone has to leave the track. a lot more often in the future. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. On to our last buzzword this morning. Now, this is a most <laughs> devastating, confusing and conflicting story. Um, uh, family apparently sued a New Jersey funeral home for $50 million after apparently they put the wrong body in the casket. Oh, just, just coming across the headline was so shocking. I mean, how can something like this happen in the first place? I have so many questions, right? right, right. Um, so this grieving family is suing, like you mentioned, a New Jersey funeral home that put the wrong body on display in their mother's casket. Um, the family of 93-year-old Kyungja Kim claimed that another woman bearing the same last name was dressed in their mother's clothing and uh, placed in her casket after her death in November last year. I can't even begin to process what this is like for the bereaving family. Did the family members not see anything unusual about maybe the appearance of their late mother? You know, they did. Of course they did. This is their mother. So Kyungja's daughter, Konmi Kim, said she instantly knew that the woman inside the casket was not her mother because she was so much younger looking. But uh, the funeral home director told her the altered appearance was the result of the embalming process, you know, which mm -hmm. features heavy makeup, fake hair sometimes, and even filler such as Botox. Right, right. But I don't think it changes or de-ages someone that significantly worth daughter can't recognize a mother's face now that's exactly. that's very conflicting but i so guess what happened yeah. was 
Yeah, so what happened was uh, following the mass, as the funeral procession began, the funeral director knew something was off, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she called Kanmi, the daughter, yeah. and offered to turn the processional around if she wasn't confident it was her mother's body in the casket. So, you know, the daughter was obviously very confused because until now, the funeral home insisted that this was in fact their mother, right? Right, right, so right. The daughter said, you know, just go ahead, continue the procession to the cemetery. Right. And it wasn't until the casket was halfway into the grave that the funeral home staff alerted the family of what happened, that there was another woman inside the casket. And uh, that was when they instructed the gravediggers to lift the casket back up and place it into the hearse. And uh, the funeral home director then apparently ran away from the site, which is just so much worse. I mean, oh. I'm trying so hard to be impartial and not attach too much of my own emotions to a story, mm-hmm. hoping our listeners can have their own takeaways. But this is this is just traumatizing, I think, for the yeah. family. And if you've ever been to a loved one's passing or deceased person's a funeral in your life, you know that the process in itself makes you really hazy and it's already such an emotional trip to add something like this. I can't even begin to imagine. And it's conflicting for me because there are protocols in place. From what I understand, you tag the body so no such confusions occur. Exactly. So the lawsuit alleges the mix-up was an act of negligence and would have been completely unavoidable had the funeral home uh, properly tagged the bodies right. per protocol. Now, uh, the lawsuit claims the scene at the cemetery left mourners feeling shocked, confused, and psychologically numb. Uh, Later that day, the funeral home called the family, explaining that they had arranged an urgent service for their mother the next day. However, the church wasn't available, so the service would be held at the funeral home. They didn't offer any compensation for the outrageous error. I feel like more needs to be paid. According to the family's uh, attorney, the funeral home offered to refund the family $9,000, you know, paid for the funeral expenses, but the family is actually seeking more. You mentioned it, $50 million against the funeral home for breach of contract, negligence, emotional distress, and battery as a result of the outrageous mishandling of uh, their mother's body. Now, the family says that they're not actually seeking money, but they want change. They say any money won from the suit, they will donate to two Korean churches uh, in which their mother was an active participant Mm. in her honor. So I think it's more about raising awareness and setting precedents so no such horrendous event repeats itself. It's not about the money. Okay. That's really unsettling, Erica. I know, right? Oh. It's a story that's being talked about, so we had to relate to our listeners. There you have it. Thank you so much, Erica, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a good day, Lena. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.